Hello and welcome to the top story, the podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents around the world. I'm Wang Zhang. Coming up in this edition, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko confirms that Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin has arrived in his country. Japan has completed its trial operations of the major equipment necessary for releasing the nuclear contaminated water amid widespread protests. African leaders have met in Angola to discuss the conflict in the Democratic Republic of the Congo amid growing concerns over stability in the region. First, let's start in Europe. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko has confirmed the arrival of Wagner Group chief Yevgeny Prigozhin in his country. Meanwhile, Russia has dropped all charges against Prigozhin and his mercenary fighters. Dasha Chernyshova has this report from Moscow. Russian authorities have confirmed that a criminal case against Yevgeny Prigozhin, the head of Russia's Wagner mercenary group, has been closed. This is part of the agreement brokered by Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko. Now the Wagner fighters could join the Russian army or follow their head to Belarus. Lukashenko has confirmed that Prigozhin is now in Belarus. He said Wagner combat experience would be useful for his country. He said Wagner fighters would now stay in Belarus at their own expense. He suggested them to use an abandoned military compound. And Lukashenko stressed that Wagner fighters would not be guarding Russian tactical nuclear weapons that had been stationed in his country. Lukashenko was also very openly talking about the negotiations he held with Prigozhin on the 24th of June. Here is more from Alexander Lukashenko. Putin and I are guilty of not acting in due time, so none of us think of ourselves as heroes. Yes, we stopped a bad development, possibly a monstrously bad development. We are allies. We cannot sit on the fence. If Russia falls, we will be buried under the wreckage. In Russia, President Vladimir Putin thanked the military for averting a civil war in his country. He said the people and the army were not on the side of the mutineers and announced a minute of silence for the army pilots that were shot down during Wagner uprising. He also noted that Wagner was financed by the Russian state, which spent 86 billion Russian rubles, that is roughly 1 billion US dollars, on it from May 2022 to May this year. In addition, he said Prigozhin has made pretty much the same amount of money over the same period of time for his catering business, providing food to the Russian army. And Russia's Ministry of Defense has also announced on Tuesday that Wagner is about to start the transfer of military equipment to MLD. That was Dasha Chernyshova in Moscow. In Asia, Japan has reportedly completed its trial operations of the major equipment necessary for releasing the nuclear-contaminated water amid widespread protests. Reports say Prime Minister Fumio Kishida is to meet International Atomic Energy Agency Chief Rafael Grossi next Tuesday over the planned release. Meantime, in the Philippines, environmentalists and fishermen joined the protest against Japan's planned discharge of the Fukushima water into the ocean. Gretchen Malalage reports. This is the growing clamor of environmentalists and fishermen groups in the country. They are alarmed over the impending disposal of more than a million tons of wastewater from the 2011 meltdown of the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. Heading the protest is Veronica Kabe from the Nuclear Free Bataan movement. The group had staged a rally in front of the Japanese embassy two months ago. Kabe says the recent testing conducted by Tokyo Electric Power Company, or TEPCO, has heightened their unease of the possible environmental and health effects of the nuclear wastewater disposal. In fact, we should raise the alarm now uh, because uh, 
this is very dangerous and this poses a threat no? not only to uh, the Japanese uh, communities but also to the whole community surrounding Pacific Ocean. Representing more than 11,000 fishermen from all over the country is Pablo Rosales from the group Pangisda Pilipinas. Rosales says they are one with the Japanese fishermen who oppose the disposal of treated nuclear water. They should find another solution to dispose of the radioactive waste water. They should not bring it to the ocean because the sea has strong waves. We can't force the fish not to swim to another part of the ocean. This is a way of killing the livelihood and food of the people. The head of the Philippine National Water Resources Board, or NWRB, has also raised concerns as the nuclear wastewater might affect the quality of safe water in the country. Dr. Sevilla David Jr., who holds master's and doctorate degrees in earth science from the University of Nice, Sofia, Antipolis in France, says the wastewater thrown in Japan will likely find its way into our river systems as we are connected through the Pacific Ocean. Any type of waste uh, being, uh, which are finding their way to our water bodies sa part ng natin, wherein we wanted to preserve the water quality of our river system. These are properly addressed. Despite concerns from several countries and international groups, Japan is set to release the treated wastewater. Environmentalists in the Philippines say that the disposal is a threat to humankind and the fallout will affect future generations. That was Scratch Mullalod reporting from Manila. The Belt and Road Initiative came under the spotlight on the second day of the 14th Summer Davos Forum. Leaders representing governments and businesses discussed how the initiative can improve the competitiveness and resilience of countries. Gao Ang reports. This year marks the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative. At the Summer Davos Forum, global leaders from business, government are discussing cooperation across vital fields such as energy, trade, infrastructure and green technology. Up to now, the joint construction of the Belt and Road Initiative has attracted the participation of more than three-quarters of the countries and major international organizations in the world. Relevant concepts have been written into the outcome documents of multilateral mechanisms such as the United Nations. But what's really important that is that if BRI comes into effect, it will help facilitate trade and investment, not just in Zimbabwe, but within the Southern Africa and within Africa at large. No, it's a very interesting initiative to really foster a lot of uh, public infrastructure to support innovation uh, with a lot of support from China and, of course, in Africa, which is a continent that needs so much uh, infrastructure development to be able to catch up. With the deep integration of digital technology and the traditional energy industry, China's traditional energy companies are accelerating the transformation. We are also accelerating the construction of a new type of power system. These have given birth to energy big data, new business, format and model, which will further help the upgrade and high quality development of the energy industry chain of the Belt and Road partner countries. That was Xin Bao An, executive chairman of the State Grid Corporation of China, ending that report by Gao Ang.
Official data shows China's industrial profits declined 12.6 percent in May from a year ago. The figure from the National Bureau of Statistics marks a slower drop for a third consecutive month. The agency says the sector-wide improvement is attributable to faster profit growth among equipment makers and utility companies. There were also slower profit drops among consumer goods producers during the period. Michael Wang spoke with Xu Kai, associate professor with the School of Economics at Zhejiang University. How do you read into the latest gauge of China's industrial sector? I think it shows that、uh, the economy it, it's recovering. So compared to the first four months, the main numbers、uh, shows that the decline、uh, is less.、Uh, but having said this, it is also clear that we still have a long way to go because it, the decline in May was、uh, over 10 percent. So I think more needs to be done to stimulate the economy,、uh, uh, especially internal demand, so that we can turn around this negative growth. Uh, as quickly as possible. And companies here are moving toward advanced and high-tech manufacturing to stay competitive globally.、Uh, where do China's factories stand right now in terms of this industrial upgrade? I think we're, we're doing quite well,、uh, and 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 I think that this year's numbers show it.、Uh, if if you look deeper at the numbers,、um, the, the sectors that the manufacturing sector is actually、uh, experience、uh, sizable and positive growth. Uh, are exactly the sectors that tend to be more high-end、uh, manufacturing,、uh, such as uh, uh, advanced machineries、uh, or you know new energy cars. But we still get a, a lot of work to do.、Uh, for example, we still rely a lot on imports、uh, in terms of、uh, the key components in、uh, high-end manufacturing, such as chips or advanced materials. That was Xu Kai, associate professor with the School of Economics at Zhejiang University. Next, we move on to Africa. African leaders have met in Angola to discuss the conflict in the Democratic Republic of the Congo amid growing concerns over stability in the region. The summit was held under the guidance of the African Union and supported by the United Nations. It came after about 20 people were shot dead on Monday morning when an ethnic militia ambushed their bus in the western part of the DRC. Chris Okamoringa reports. Well, according to a Congolese official who's attending the meeting in Angola,、uh, the leaders、uh, agreed to adopt a joint master plan, which is supposed to、uh, lead to a better coordinated approach to try and restore peace, security, stability, and development in the east of the DRC. There are a number of organizations like the International Community for the Great Lakes Region, the East African Community, the United Nations Peacekeeping Mission, MONUSCO, and a number of aid agencies that are all based in the east of the DRC, trying to resolve this conflict. And so there has been a duplication of efforts. So the leaders agreed that to, in order for them to have the best outcome, they need to come up with a more coordinated approach. So they discussed issues to do with how they can en- enhance cooperation in certain areas and. Also,、uh, more contribution from from countries around the region to help the DRC to stabilize, so that they can start, you know, doing trade and improve the livelihood of the people there. Because thousands of people have been forced to flee eastern DRC because of this conflict. According to the UN, there's six point. 
3 million people, which is the largest number in Africa. And so the leaders also said that it's very critical that they come up with a more harmonized approach of uh, trying to restore peace in the east of the DRC because there have been reports that there's a likelihood of a resumption of hostilities, especially between the M23 rebels and the Congolese army. There have been reports of movements of troops and weapons in certain areas in eastern DRC, and that has raised fears of a resumption of fighting despite this ceasefire that has been holding for about two months. But there's a lot of uh, mistrust between the DRC government and the rebels. The DRC president who attended the meeting, you know, has earlier said, earlier said that he will not entertain any talks with the rebels. And the rebels said that they had stopped fighting because they want to hold talks with the government. They want the grievances to be heard so that they can, you know, be given concessions and, 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 and cease cease fire but so the situation is still very there's a lot of tension and the leaders there in a meeting in angola have agreed that they have to step up their efforts to ensure that the east of the drc has a lasting solution to this conflict that has gone on for more than two decades that was chris okamaringa reporting from the drc staying on the continent massive displacement is continuing in sudan as fighting rages between rival military factions The UN Refugee Agency says 2 million people are now internally displaced, while close to 600,000 have been forced to flee to neighboring countries. Wang Jamange has more. Last month, the UN Refugee Agency expected 1 million people to flee from Sudan to neighboring countries. It now predicts that figure will be higher. I think we are tragically uh, on track, meaning that we've actually had, we're talking about a million, but... Talking about Chad, we've had to revise our figure. We're talking about 100,000 people in six months in Chad. And now the the colleagues in Chad have revised their figures to 245,000. Because unfortunately, uh, looking at the trends, looking at the situation in Darfur, we're we're likely to to go beyond uh, 1, 1 million. Chad particularly has been receiving Sudanese refugees in huge numbers. So far, 140,000 refugees have arrived since the conflict began. Most of those arriving in Chad are from Darfur, which neighbors Chad to the east. The situation in in Darfur is probably the one that is worrying us. The the most access into Darfur is limited, but we uh, are hearing from those who are crossing into into Chad uh, a very difficult situation in Darfur. We're also seeing more and more of those who uh, cross into Chad uh, arriving with, with, uh, with, with injuries. The UN fears that the ongoing fighting could be a repeat of the Darfur conflict in the early 2000s. During that conflict, marked by widespread atrocities, hundreds of thousands of people in the region died. That was Wang Jiamange reporting. Egypt has become the first African country with the capability to assemble, integrate and test satellites thanks to its partnership with China and space exploration. Two China-founded prototype satellites were recently delivered to Egypt as another example of the Belt and Road Initiative cooperation. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko says Wagner Group leader Yevgeny Prigozhin is now in his country. Japan has completed its trial operations of the major equipment necessary for releasing the nuclear-contaminated water amid widespread protests. And African leaders have met in Angola to discuss the conflict in the Democratic Republic of the Congo amid growing concerns over stability in the region. That concludes this edition of The Top Story. 
a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Wang Zhang. Thank you for listening.